Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of ventricular arrhythmias found under the cardiovascular section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 57-year-old man presents to the emergency department after fainting. He was accompanied by his wife who witnessed the event. He was in his usual state of health until he developed palpitations that eventually resulted in him falling to the ground. He was unresponsive and the emergency medical services were called. Medical history is significant for a recent myocardial infarction. On physical exam, he is unresponsive and no pulse is present. An electrocardiogram demonstrates a tachyarrhythmia with the regular QRS complexes of variable amplitude and morphology. This is a case of ventricular fibrillation. Let's continue with an introduction to ventricular arrhythmias. This refers to a group of ventricular arrhythmias that include ventricular premature beats, ventricular tachycardia, and ventricular fibrillation. Ventricular premature beats are action potentials that are ectopically generated within the ventricles. These are typically benign and asymptomatic. For ventricular tachycardia, remember that if it is sustained and not managed, it can result in ventricular fibrillation. Ventricular fibrillation is life-threatening if not immediately managed. Risk factors include myocardial ischemia and infarction, ventricular hypertrophy, long QT syndromes, valvular heart disease, and congenital cardiac abnormalities. Symptoms may include palpitations, symptoms of heart failure, which can include shortness of breath, chest discomfort, syncope, and cardiac arrest. Now let's discuss the ventricular arrhythmias in more detail. Ventricular premature beats may demonstrate a widened QRS complex with abnormal morphology. This is typically treated with reassurance or a beta blocker in healthy patients. Ventricular tachycardia may present with three or more consecutive ventricular premature beats displaying a broad QRS complex tachyarrhythmia. Treatment of stable ventricular tachycardia is with amiodarone, lidocaine, or procainamide. For unstable ventricular tachycardia, it should be treated with synchronized cardioversion. And for pulseless ventricular tachycardia, it should be treated with defibrillation. Ventricular fibrillation may present with erratic rhythms with no discernible waves. It is treated with defibrillation for all patients. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to ventricular arrhythmias, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 56-year-old man is brought to the emergency room following complaints of severe chest pain. The pain came on while he was shoveling snow outside and is described as crushing, 8 out of 10, and radiating to his jaw. He has never experienced similar pain before. He endorses diaphoresis, headache, and palpitations, but denies fever, weight changes, upper respiratory symptoms, abdominal pain, or urinary changes. His past medical history is significant for hypertension that is treated with lisinopril. He admits to drinking 6-7 to beers per day, 4-5 to days a week. A physical exam is unremarkable, except for diaphoresis. A bedside electrocardiogram is obtained, which demonstrates ventricular fibrillation. What is the most likely condition that led to this patient's ECG results? And the answer choices are, choice 1, alcohol abuse, choice 2, 
Cocaine intake. Choice 3. Drug-related adverse event. Choice 4. Hyperkalemia. Or choice 5. Myocardial infarction. The best answer to this question is choice 5, myocardial infarction. This patient's ECG demonstrates ventricular fibrillation, which likely resulted from his current myocardial infarction, as evidenced by the crushing chest pain precipitated by exertion and diaphoresis in the setting of longstanding hypertension. Ventricular fibrillation is a medical emergency, as it is the most common cause of sudden cardiac death. There is no discernible rhythm as there is often a problem in the conduction of the electrical impulse. Patients with this heart rhythm most commonly present as unconscious. However, early signs and symptoms may include chest pain, palpitations, dizziness, nausea, and shortness of breath. Some causes of the condition include myocardial infarction, which is most common, but can also include cardiac scarring, congenital heart disease, cardiomyopathy, cocaine and amphetamines, or significant electrolyte abnormalities. Management includes immediate CPR and defibrillation. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, alcohol abuse is unlikely the direct cause of the VF as the myocardial infarction, which this patient is experiencing, is the most common cause of VF. However, it is worth noting that chronic alcohol abuse may lead to cardiomyopathy, but this patient is not reporting any symptoms associated with the condition such as edema. Choice two, cocaine intake is a possible cause of VF, but this patient is not reporting any recent intake. In addition, his physical exam did not demonstrate any clear signs of intake, such as dilated pupils. Choice three, drug-related adverse event is unlikely as there is no clear association between VF and lisinopril. Choice four, hyperkalemia or any other significant electrolyte imbalances may lead to VF. However, patients with hyperkalemia often complain of numbness and tingling or nausea and vomiting. Finally, a bullet summary. Myocardial infarction is one of the most common causes of ventricular fibrillation. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 65-year-old man is hospitalized after undergoing operative fixation of a left distal radius fracture due to a fall. On postoperative day one, he reports having several episodes of palpitations with associated lightheadedness. He denies any chest pain and states that these episodes last for a few seconds each before resolving. On exam, his temperature is 98.4 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.9 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 124 over 76. Pulse is 94 beats per minute and respirations are 12 breaths per minute. The patient is currently asymptomatic without palpitations. The patient is immediately connected to a cardiac monitor, which demonstrates normal sinus rhythm. Over the course of the night, the monitor demonstrates three more episodes of ventricular tachycardia with associated palpitations and lightheadedness. Blood pressure and oxygen saturation are stable during these episodes. The patient is given intravenous magnesium. The decision is made to also start medical therapy which of the following medications should be started? And the answer choices are, choice one, adenosine, choice two, amiodarone, choice three, diltiazam, choice four, flecainide, or choice five, verapamil.
The best answer to this question is choice two, amiodarone. This patient with palpitations, lightheadedness, and a consistent rhythm strip demonstrating ventricular tachycardia can be medically managed with amiodarone. Ventricular tachycardia is a tachyarrhythmia that arises due to inappropriate electrical signals arising in the ventricles of the heart. In monomorphic ventricular tachycardia, the impulses are generated from a single focus, which results in the same morphology for each beat. This can be seen after ischemic events such as a myocardial infarction. In the setting of long QT intervals and impaired repolarization, polymorphic VT can occur, and this is known as torsade de point. VT can occur in short episodes or can be sustained and result in cardiac arrest or ventricular fibrillation. VT can be medically managed by antiarrhythmics, such as beta blockers and potassium channel blockers, and certain sodium channel blockers like procainamide. Amiodarone is a potassium channel blocker that is commonly used for ventricular tachycardia. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Adenosine is a short-acting drug that is used to abolish supraventricular tachycardias. It is not used for chronic management of ventricular tachycardia. Choice 3. Diltiazem is a calcium channel blocker that is used to decrease conduction velocity, which is useful in nodal arrhythmias and for controlling the ventricular rate in atrial fibrillation. Choice 4. Fleconide is a sodium channel blocker. This prolongs the refractory period in the atrioventricular node, which can help with supraventricular arrhythmias. However, it can be used for ventricular tachycardia, but is not a first-line choice. Choice 5. Verapamil is also a calcium channel blocker that is used to decrease conduction velocity. It is used in nodal arrhythmias and for controlling the ventricular rate in atrial fibrillation. Finally, a bullet summary. Ventricular tachycardia demonstrates monomorphic or polymorphic wide QRS complexes not associated with P waves and can be treated with amiodarone. That's all for this review about ventricular arrhythmias. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 Podcast.